This is KMKR 99.9 FM, Tucson, Arizona. Is this on? Is anybody listening? Is anybody there? Is there something stuck between my teeth that I think to comb my hair? How come there's crickets in this place outside where they belong? I can't believe this silence like the dark before the dawn. What I'd give for any sign of life, I'd settle for a yawn. Really makes me wonder, is this on? And welcome to Is This On? I'm Phil Gordon, your host today. We heard my partner Dave Bargolis sing our opening theme song, and that was done through electronic magic. Dave uh, will not be with us on this show today. He is on assignment. Uh, Just to squash some of the rumors out there, Dave was not suspended from ITO, even though at the end of the last show, he made the rather off-color ball joke when he asked me, Phil, what do you call a bunch of bunnies jumping backwards? A receding hairline. Uh, In poor taste, uh, but for the record, I did not slap Dave, uh, and he was not suspended for that. Uh, Many uh, speculate that uh, Dave, as one of Tucson's leading real estate agents, probably out making a big deal. Uh, My guess is he's out selling one of his two-story homes. You know, one story before you buy it, then a completely different story after you close. Where's my rim shot? Did Dave take the rim shot with him? (laughs) Anyway, we're looking forward to Dave joining us next week on ITO. And uh, as for being on assignment, he is probably out with ITO Investigates. You know, that is the investigative journalism arm of our ITO show. And uh, I did hear a rumor that Dave was seen at Tucson International Airport following Rudy Giuliani and Les Parnas boarding a Craycroft Airlines flight to Kiev. So stay tuned. And uh, we are going to have a great show for you. We're going to talk all about festivals. And we've got a great guest who's going to join us on the phone. He is Joe Lowers, who was the president of the World Series of Comedy. And he's going to tell us all about that great event as it uh, rolls into the Phoenix area later this month and continues uh, throughout the year with a great culminating event. And uh, let me, full disclosure, say that even though Joe Lowers has been a friend of mine for over 10 years, uh, in the excitement of uh, getting him on the show, I mispronounced his name for the, about the first half of the interview. It is Lowers and not Lowers. And we love Joe. He's a great comedian himself, one of the great crowd work comedians out there. And these days, uh, his big focus on the World Series of Comedy. So we will talk about that along with a couple of other uh, festivals. You know, we do the Festival Watch, let you know uh, what submission due dates are coming up and what festivals are going on and where you can see them. We want to start with one show that is not a festival but a roast And we want to really encourage people to support this. This is the SUTJ 4th Annual Roast. That's the Stand Up to Justice group. This year, they roast uh, one of Tucson's legal and comedic heroes, our good friend Elliot Glicksman. 
Elliot, a very funny guy. I know Elliot for a long time. He used to come on our Laughing Liberal show quite regularly. Uh, he's quite popular in town and very, very funny. Uh, I know this about Elliot, uh, a transplant from Wisconsin and a hopeless uh, Green Bay Packers fan. Well, joining in the festivities will be Priscilla Fernandez, uh, Dave, Mar- uh, Dave Fitzsimmons, of course, uh, one of the premier comics in town, and the master of ceremonies, our dear friend, also a good laughing liberal friend of ours, the great Nancy Stanley. And this will be uh, held on Wednesday, April 6th. You can contact Stand Up to Justice for ticket information. Uh, There's also been several Facebook posts, and we'll put uh, a link to it on our ITO Facebook page. And as we continue, there are a few festivals that are just coming up. Just announced, by the way, is the uh, open submissions for the Burbank Comedy Festival. That's going down August 8th through August 20th. This is the ninth year of the uh, Burbank Comedy Festival, and that's going to be held at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, California. Another festival uh, that we're watching, and this is a brand new festival. This is the first annual Upper Left Comedy Festival. That's going to take place in Seattle, May 12th to 14th, and submissions are current and going on. Uh, That is the Upper Left Comedy Festival in Capitol, Capitol Hill, which is near Seattle. So submissions open for that festival. One more festival that we want to talk about uh, that is not looking for submissions but announcing uh, their lineup, and that is in Vail, Colorado. And that will be the Vail Comedy Festival, uh, which features uh, big-time headliners for this year's Memorial Day festivities, May 27 to May 29, just listen to some of this, uh, some of these on the lineup. Mary Lynn Raskub from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Caitlin Palufo, Usama Sadiki of uh, the winner, I think, of uh, this year's uh, America's Got Talent. Also part of the Netflix show Inventing Anna, Steve Rogers and Zasmin Garza. So some of the top uh, new comics out there. Uh, with big reputations, and that should be great fun. And finally, uh, we uh, are ready to talk about a festival that's, as we say, going to be rolling through Phoenix uh, later in April, and we want to learn all about the festival game, what happens behind the scenes in festivals, and a very unique festival, the World Series of Comedy, with my dear friend, Joe Lowers. This is Roxy Moreri from backstage at the Surly Wench Pub. Is this on? Joining us on the KMKR Celebrity Hotline is comedian Joe Lowers. Welcome, Joe. Hey, how are you? I'm just great, Joe. Good to hear your voice. We want to talk to you all about your comedy career, but 
The main reason we have you here today is we talk about comedy festivals a lot here on Is This On? You are the president of the World Series of Comedy. And this is a very popular event. You've been going for at least 10 years. Tell us a little bit about it and where we're at right now. Yeah, this is our actually our uh, 13th year. And uh, we've been at it for a while. I, I've been doing comedy myself for 28 years. And I, uh, I decided to start this festival because I just absolutely love comedy and I love helping comics. And I just figured I could take what I, all the mistakes I made, and if I could help a comic not make some of those mistakes, that would be valuable. That's and, great, uh, Joe. You know, we we uh, here are uh, uh, a production of what we call the Tucson Comedy Alliance. We have a very active Facebook group and a very supportive comedy community here and I think most of our members are a little bit on the younger side new to comedy and I've always felt that the World Series of Comedy is exactly for those people what are what are some of your goals uh, I agree with you sometimes comics feel like oh I shouldn't register I'm not going to get in there's so many other elements to the festival and I think it's I really think it's good for every level uh, we're going to be there in Phoenix. Uh, when are we going to be there? April? Uh, April 21st, I believe, through the 24th. That's at Rick yeah. Bronson's House of Comedy. We are, by the way, uh, a live radio broadcast and then a podcast. And we know from our comedy group on Facebook that we have a lot of listeners in Phoenix. And that's why I wanted to uh, make sure we talked about the ability now to go see the shows. We're in the process already, so it's too late for new people to apply to that festival, though we know a lot of our Tucson comics are applicants to the World Series of Comedy. So we encourage people to go. Joe, you just announced the uh, participants in the House of Comedy in Phoenix, and a couple of our uh, ICO is this on friends are, are on there. Mary Upchurch, I saw, is uh, yeah, one of the Mary's contestants. Great. We love her. Uh, Sandra Reiser. Yep. I believe it's on there. And I think she was in last year's competition and, and came in like second place or something. Sandra Risser, she was, yeah. uh, she's done this main event for many years. Uh, she was in the top eight, I think, last year at mm -hmm. the main event. She just came in third at our last Saturday in Atlanta at the comedy the punchline and that's, so, that's where I saw that right with her lovely photo as well yeah uh, so and, uh, and, and Mary was in the top I think top eight last year at the main event uh, it's it, fun it's, it's a good time and that's a I, beautiful venue the uh, yeah the oh my god yeah I, I would love to invite any uh, younger comics or any comic that might hear this and would like to learn more about the festival come out and hang out with us Come out to the shows, watch the shows. Uh, tell me you're a comic. I'll try to get, I don't know how many tickets I can get or what I can do, but I think they're, they're really cool about the comics. And if, if you're a comic, I'll, I'll try to get you in. We go out yeah. to eat after the shows and discuss yeah. the shows and talk about the festival. And you're, any comic who's listening is welcome to join us and maybe they can absorb something and, and well, learn something or, or teach us something. You are very open in that way, Joe. And, uh, full disclosure, I have been a participant in the World Series of Comedy. I sure have. I have an application in 
uh, to this year's festival. And so it's not only for uh, new comics, it's for people that are new to comedy, because you can be a senior and be new to comedy. Right. <laughs> as, right. as Sandra Richard is. And she's so very funny. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Joe, I just want to put a little structure to this to those that aren't familiar with it. Although I talk about your festival all the time on our program, and thank you, uh, it's I appreciate a great that. Place. Oh well, I count you as a friend, Joe. Uh, I, I, I want to mention as I wish said, I could say the same, Phil. I know. What no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, if you ever run into Joe Lowers at a comedy club and he asks you what you do for a living, don't answer because you're about to be the subject of about a 15-minute roast. Uh, we want to talk to you, Joe, about your comedy and, and your days as a uh, uh, comedy club owner and booker. Uh, but I want to put a little structure to this because your festival is different than just any other festival I know. It is, there is a main event that occurs at the end, that it's a festival like no other with great seminars and instruction and a chance to hang out, like, like you say, and that's very, very true. Uh, but it also is a series of smaller festivals. Think of it like the World Series baseball, right? Where you win yep. a division and then you get to play in the next level and eventually leads up to this main event, which last year I attended and it was great fun and it was in Las Vegas and got the chance to kibitz uh, with you, Joe, and, and, and your staff, and we want you to get a chance to talk about your great staff. So that's what's happening now. The satellites are happening basically from where it started in March in Ohio, right? Yep. And then you just finished up in Atlanta uh, at the punchline, and you moved through a series of satellites. We could name them all because I think people, you know, get a little juiced up when they hear the locations. And it ends in the main event in September. So again, kind of like baseball's World Series. And uh, so, Joe, uh, you you do offer, and I, I, that's when I was talking about it, when you were offering a, that great deal at the beginning of the year to be a part of every satellite plus the main event. So mm -hmm. I, I like to say it in terms of value because, hey, all of us that are out there, and I'm right in this mid-range and barely hanging on, but I have made the World Series a couple of times, and I'm very, very proud of that. And I know the cost. You know the cost. I was just looking at a, a, at a festival that, that popped up in for Canada, and it's $40 to enter for this one festival, one satellite here in the World Series. And I think you probably still offer some opportunities to enter multiple ones. You yep, right now. And, yeah, go ahead. Go right ahead. now, right now in March, if any, and I think we only have what one, one or two days left in March. But anybody who registers yes. in March can still pick four of the twelve satellites. Uh, and great. for thirty-five dollars more, you can pick every single one that's left. And there's there there would be what nine left. Yeah. Nine left, and they're you know just quickly without taking all all the time for the detail. But it's coming up after Phoenix is Las Vegas. Notoriety, May 4th, Laughs uh, Unlimited in Sacramento, McCurdy's then in Sarasota, May 18th, Comedy Cabana in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, May 24th. You go up to Rick Bronson's House of Comedy in Bloomington, Minnesota by Minneapolis, June 8th, Laughs in Boston, June 15th. Here's a, a new comedy club that everybody's excited about in San Diego, Mike Drop. Uh, yep. with the very, very good friend of ITO, Holly Hilton. 
who, who has run, they had, they had to do with the Cactus Comedy Festival. That's in July. We're all anxious to see that brand new club. And then again to a House of Comedy in Plano, Texas, July 13th. And then a really great little club in Colorado Springs ends it in July 20th at Colorado Springs. So look at all, tell us about, just give us a, a, a glimpse into what it takes to organize all this show. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it takes a, a lot of work. I, I, I work on it year round. Uh, my team works with me uh, as much as they can year round. I try to keep everybody involved and stuff, but a lot of calls, a lot of, uh, I'm kind of doing all the work that I'm hoping to take away from the comics. My, my hope is that the comic who, the comics who win end up getting a lot of work and they get to just be a comic for a year and they don't have to do all this calling and booking and work. I, I have a pretty good relationship with all these. I mean, I have a good relationship with all these clubs and any new clubs that we get. And we just try to get them invited out to the main event. And then uh, hopefully they see and like what they see and then maybe let us come to their club. Started doing yeah. the satellites yeah. because, yeah, started doing the satellites because not every comic can make it to the main event. Yeah. and. It's just an opportunity for them to, every comic that comes and performs to be seen in another venue. I mean, I know when I was on the road doing comedy, I would drive for hours just to do a guest set and hopefully right. be seen by the club owner. Uh, when you do one of our satellites, you're, you're definitely going to be seen by somebody who books the club. And, and there's, a, there's an opportunity for, you, you know, comics to end up at work just from doing the satellite. Absolutely. I don't think I ever met a booker. Uh, well, I guess I did maybe at open mics, but uh, I don't think I ever met a booker until I came to your main event, where there's a very a great opportunity. I think you even call it meet the bookers, right? Yeah. Well, we have the uh, the, the uh, meet and greet. Yeah. And that's kind of our, yeah. That's kind of our most formal thing that we do at the main event. Yeah. Everything else is. Uh, just we try to have fun and just it's all designed to put the comedy comics around the comedy club owners and bookers in a most casual way that we possibly can that way you know you get a chance to maybe hang out with them and one of my favorite things about the festival is when a comic comes up to me and tells me they ended up getting work because they yeah. were just hanging out with one of the bookers at the bar after the show or in the elevator yeah. or whatever and they started talking to them and, and i really love that it's so great, Joe, and it's very informal. And I must say, I hope I, I, I don't embarrass you or give away a secret here. But so I, I first made it into your 2015 World Series of Comedy because, in addition to the satellites, you still have one more shot to be a part of the top 101 comics at the main event. So that's Correct. yet another way to participate and go to the festival. You don't have to be accepted to perform to go to the festival and you do something that I've never seen anywhere else where that is folks who come to your festival that maybe didn't get selected into the top 101 still can get a chance to perform and here's all these bookers that's where they're sitting in these rooms and you did one last year at Notoriety a great club in Vegas yeah. So you really get a if you, you meet the bookers, you get a chance to do your set in front of the bookers. It's an opportunity like no other. So this year, Joe, uh, I know you kind of build this as the year goes. 
Uh, have you announced yet the dates of the main event and location? We definitely think that it's going to be in Las Vegas. And we have some good leads. And several of the clubs that we were talking to have got uh, opened up new clubs. And uh, they're, they're, they're working slower than I want to work. But we're going to be in Vegas in April. Uh, like you had just mentioned, we're going to be out there in April. And uh, Jason, the VP of the World Series, and myself yeah, Jason are planning. Rowan. Yep, and we are planning to leave Vegas that week with uh, a location and a date. I mean, we already have a date, but I mean, with the location and be able to announce it. So I'm hoping by the end of April we're announcing right. exact location. Oh, that's great. So just yeah. a couple more questions about the festival, Joe, and then I, I, I want people to know about your career as well. And, uh, you know, your work as a booker particularly. So people that, that emerge as the winners, like the top three, I think it is, of each satellite, then are invited to perform as part of those 101 comics in Vegas. But then there's more opportunity to apply to be one of those remaining 101, correct? Yes. Very good. So go to your website. I want to talk about your website, and I want to compliment you or whoever designed it. This is one of the best websites and easiest to navigate and most informative and colorful, I might say, as well. I'm going to copy what you just said there so when every comic who complains to me about it, I can be like, listen to this. Send them to me. I find it very easy to use and very informative. And then I want to talk about festivals in general, and I want your opinion, I'm going to share my observation. More than any other festival that I've ever participated in, and I like festivals, because to me, I don't know, it's tough for all of us that are at the stage of just trying to get your first booking, maybe even a feature, to to meet bookers, you know, you have a great repel mechanism to get rid of a lot of, you know, uh, riffraff, and it's hard to get through, you know that, you've just been on the job. Uh, but most festivals are like hocus pocus, dominocus, you know, you find out, maybe you find out uh, that you're in or out. A lot of them, you know, get a little careless at that point. But you publish a calendar like every day something happens in rel- relation to one of the satellites. And then when is the due date for this? When is this going to be announced? And for example, yesterday was the day that you were said you were going to announce House of Comedy in Phoenix, and boom, that's exactly what you did. So you deliver on what you say. But I also want to talk about not only that side of the festival, but how it is judged. I'm going to compliment you again and your folks again, uh, Jason Rowland in particular, who explained this to me uh, when I was kibitzing with him last year in the uh, room where you sign up. Uh, You are so transparent about how this is scored. It's a nurturing environment is what I'm trying to get across. You even offer the opportunity, or you have at times, to get some of the comments of the judges about your set. That is just like gold. I I don't know anywhere you can get that. Yeah, not enough comics take advantage of that. And I've had many comics tell me that that alone was worth the registration fee. I Uh, just came out of the bathroom from crying at the comments question. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're we're sometimes a little bit too honest, and but we're I don't think you're being too honest. It was we're only 
comments I've ever gotten, frankly. Yeah, we, we're only trying to help with everything right. that we do. And just so you know, uh, the winners of the satellites get into the top 101, but that's only 36 comics. The remaining right. are, uh, number is picked from everybody who registered. When a comic registers for this festival, they're, they're registering for the main event. And then the satellites are just kind of an extra add-on that we add on. So any comic who registers should be registering with a plan to try to make it to the main event. And we, uh, it's, it's interesting, in 2010 when I started, I really thought only the top 101 comics would come out. And then mm -hmm. I was like, well, I guess I need to do something during a day for them. So I put together uh, a bunch of seminars, which really worked out cool. And I, I thought, you know what, let me just invite everybody that is coming, that registered and see if they want to come out and see the seminars. Well, I ended yeah. up getting about 30 or 40 other comics. And at that point I was like, oh man, I can't just have comics, 30 or 40 comics sitting around and not giving them stage time. So we put together the, what we call the registered comic shows, the late night shows. And I think the first year we might've had one late night show or two. We're up to three and we're ready to add more if we have to. And we do three of them with like 15 comics in each one. And we do whatever we can to get every single comic who shows up to the main event stage time. Because when it comes down to it, you know, you could talk about networking, you can talk about yeah. learning and uh, all the stuff. Comics want to get on stage too. And I mean, I look at everything I do with this festival from the view of a comic. I'm a comic first before I'm a right. producer, before I do anything else. So if somebody offers to do something for the festival industry or something like that, I, if it's not beneficial to the comic, I say no. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always going to do what I feel is going to help the comic. Oh, uh, and. and you are you are doing what you say you are doing joe that is my impression and that's why i keep coming back i always have a great time and uh let's wrap it up here about the festival by saying it's all the answers around this great website and that's worldseriesofcomedy.com the make sure you put done very yeah, good the, yep the worldseriesofcomedy.com and there's a ton of information and I think every comic, before you register for this festival, you should go through it and read it. Make sure it's what you want to do. Make sure it's yeah. for you. If you and and I also tell yeah. comics if they have any questions at all, they can email me. If they can't find it, I'm probably going to direct them back to the website or find the answer. But you can also call me. My phone number is on the website. Anybody who has a question about this festival, feel free to call me. If I'm near my phone, I answer it. That's fantastic, and we hope our listeners, certainly in the Phoenix area, but even from Tucson, who we, we all go to mics there all the time, uh, yep. takes advantage of Joe's kind offer to give us a little bit and, you know, maybe hang out afterwards for a beer. How many bookers do you know that you could do that with? Uh, so that's House of Comedy uh, in Phoenix, April 21 to 24. And I highly suggest you go to the shows. That's where you'll see what this is all about. If you yeah, want to you, feel you, like a professional comic, get onto one of these shows. Yeah, and you can learn just by watching. Comics should, you know, I think they, most comics know that, but I mean, you know, yeah. if you come to the, if you, come, if you didn't make it in, if you registered, you didn't make it in, you should come and watch and see what are these comics doing that I didn't do or what, you know, right. or ask so questions. Right. It is just the greatest. I can't say enough about it, Joe. World Series of Comedy. 
I was uh, I had the pleasure, Joe, as I said, of performing in it a couple of times. But uh, yeah, you know, you're always a joy to have around. Process, uh, 2015, and then I think I was disqualified for using steroids after that, Joe. Yep, correct. <laughs> well, let's talk about the career of Joe Lowers. Joe, you've been a can I correct you for a second? Club? Yeah, yeah. It's Lowers. Sorry about that. No, I didn't. I shouldn't do this on the air, but it's funny to me. That's just fun to mess with you. I'll cut it out. I'll cut it out. Uh, don't cut it. Don't cut it out. Leave it in there. You're good. You're good. You like to lie, Please. Joe. I'm sorry. I always get a little nervous around a booker. I'm not uh, really a booker. I'm just a show producer. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, these days. These days. Uh, but you've also uh, run a club in Las Vegas. But I want to start with your comedy. You are uh, based mostly on crowd work, which is so interesting. I think the yeah, people of my generation, you know, of course you, you evoke a little Don Rickles, uh, others uh, that worked that way back in the day, uh, you know, maybe Jackie Leonard comes to mind. But my question to you is tell us about how that evolved, that you became a crowd work comic, and were you ever not a crowd work comic? Did you ever come out there with, you know, a, you know, a, a 20 minute set? Well, yeah, I mean, I have uh, material and I, and I have enough to do an hour if nobody wants to talk to me. I, <laughs> dude, my show's evolved. When I started, I, I wrote stuff. I was a prop comic when I started. And, uh, I brought all my stuff out in a bowling bag, and I and I have a degree in advertising and art, so I, I, I felt like I should use my artwork ability to build things and make that funny. And some of my favorite comics growing up were, uh, and watching was Steve Martin, and I, I love Howie Mandel and, yeah. and Haywood Banks, and those guys are, uh, you know, prop comics, and I was like, oh, I think that's what I'm gonna be. And when I do my show now, I don't, I when I when I headline, I still wear a bowling shirt. I still walk out with bowling shoes on and a bowling bag, <laughs> but I, I I pull nothing out of the bowling bag anymore unless somebody asks what's in the bag. And then I, a lot of times then I pull the props out and just make jokes about the props. Like this was really funny. You guys would have loved this if I wouldn't do this joke. And then I throw it on the ground and I and I, <laughs> I, I kind of have. Uh, my show, like I said, I evolved. And when I started, I, I kind of always did some crowd work, but I didn't know what I was doing. And there would be an occasion where somebody would say something and I would go off on a rant on them or something. Not always being, I never try to be mean. I want to make it fun. But uh, sometimes it can look mean, but most times the people are having a good time. But I, uh, there was times when I would do something like that and then I really couldn't follow myself. I, I would then try to go back to my material and the audience was like, hey, we want more of that. And I'm like, I don't have any more of that. I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> and then slowly, it seemed like every joke that I would write, I would write it so there was a way that I could talk to the audience about that joke and, and get and so a lot of times a joke might start off as a 30 second joke and it ends up being 20 minutes because I've filled in parts to ask comics. So I, I just had a comic recently ask me how to do crowd work and I was like, oh, I don't even know how to tell you. And then it, he really, this comic really made me think about it and I'm really 
I'm hoping and I'm gonna try to possibly do a seminar uh, myself Ooh. at the main event on crowd work and how to look at your material and use it. Because it was interesting. I watched the comic after that, and when he came off the stage, I said, "You know what?" I said, "If you take this joke and tell it this way, now mm -hmm. you're asking the crowd this." And and I don't mean asking. I hate when a comic thinks they're doing crowd work and it's just like, "Where you're <laughs> from?" How, you know, <laughs> like you can ask those questions, but you better be prepared to go somewhere with it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I love it. I'm probably going to end up getting uh, smacked again by, you know, like a Will Smith thing, but... Yeah. Well, we, uh, boy, that would be, uh, you know, uh, one vote for me is to do a, a seminar like that at this year's main event. That would be great. Uh, Joe, as you, as you mentioned that, a very topical, of course, the Academy Awards. And we saw Chris Rock, a great comic, do a joke that, you know, I think... 99 out of 100 comics would do, right? You see a bald woman, you're going to think of a joke about bald and a woman. And he did the joke, and then, of course, we saw the reaction from Will Smith, her husband. But it, 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 I would love you to address your thoughts on that, but also as a comic who sometimes is saying things that, you know, a husband might take as an insult. Have you ever had an incident like that? I Well, the first thing that I say about any chronic crowd work is, do mess with the guys more uh -huh. and I've I very seldom will ever go after a woman in any way shape or form mm. unless I know that I have the crowd and the audience is with me uh, mm -hmm. I'm not I am very on Chris Rock's team and uh, Will Smith was 100% wrong and I don't care what he's wrong with I mean Jada or whatever it's I, I you know I don't want anybody to have any kind of disease or whatever it might be but uh, you know like you said if you see something you're gonna you're gonna do some comics most of the time are gonna respond but <laughs> the problem and I think that uh, Chris probably knows this and I bet you Chris has not done this at, you know as a crowd work comic or whatever men are going to defend women even if you're not with mm -hmm. that woman so if you slam a woman in the audience men that are not even with that woman will try to defend her so you put yourself at risk by doing that if you slam a man especially a man bigger than you and I, I, every time i hit the stage i look for the biggest guy i can find mm -hmm. and that's who i'm going to the first guy i'm going to talk to and yeah. If he gets up and hits me, he's not going to uh, get laid. I don't know if I can say that on your radio station. <laughs> we, uh, if, yeah, sure. We're yeah, if he's, yeah, if he's with his wife or his girlfriend, she's not going to pull out. If he takes it, she's going to uh, be like, oh, that's cute. And yeah. it, it's going to work out. If there's ever a group of men at a show, that's the worst. I have to be very careful because if I take mm -hmm. something... To somebody there this man is going to feel like he has to defend himself amongst the other uh men at the table uh this yeah. has all been learned through the years i did get mm -hmm. punched once after a show wow after yeah the show. yeah it i should have probably been punched during the show but the guy was nice <laughs> <on the way. laughs> that's a real bad apple yeah yeah, I, I I was heading to the stage and I saw the guy. He had no front teeth, and I was telling myself, "Don't stand up, don't stand up, don't stand up." And 
in my head. I'm saying it over and over again. And as soon as I hit the stage, I told my first joke. The guy was said something like, oh, and, I, and I'm like, where's your teeth, sir? And then it just got worse from there. And I destroyed this guy for a half an hour. <laughs> this was very early on in my career. I probably would have handled this different now. But at the time, everyone was laughing and I uh, went after this guy and I probably shouldn't have continued and I shouldn't have, uh, <laughs> I could have made, I could have made it more fun. So I kind of deserved what I got. I, I, after the show, if he had came up, I wouldn't have been happy about yeah. that. But after the show, I probably, the guy had, you know, he was a couple, couple other guys and he had to defend himself and, <laughs> and show, show that he, uh, I, he still hit me, but he still didn't have any teeth. So what do you think? Oh boy. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that and your thoughts on, on the Academy Awards event. Joe, so you're you're from out east, I think, Philadelphia. Pittsburgh. That's a Pittsburgh. bad word, Philadelphia. Oh, boy, I'm sorry. And uh, especially in the NFL. Uh, well, Pittsburgh. And uh, so then uh, you become a, a road warrior, which, by the way, is another great seminar, <laughs> always at the you know, World Series, road yep. stories, right? Yeah. Uh, so tell us how, uh, well, did you, were you out on the road? Did you have a home club? And then how do you go from that to opening a club in Vegas? Uh, I was on the road all over the country, uh, traveling, just driving around, doing shows and uh, I don't remember what year it was, but I was coming home from a gig, my wife and I, and we were in a major car accident, and I had to be cut out of the car and light flighted. And I, my wife and I, we had just been off to Vegas for our 10-year wedding anniversary, and I was like, you know what? Maybe we should try to go to Vegas, and I can do my show out there, and I won't have to travel and, and die in a car. So, so yeah. we packed up everything we had and moved to Vegas, and... Uh, I moved out there to just do my show, and it turned out, you know, as I so I it was called the Joe Show, and I did it for ten <laughs> years. Oh yeah. And I I used a lot of the local comics and that were out there to open up for me, and it, and it was a lot of fun, and I I'm really happy with what I did. But when my show closed down, yeah. and uh, I was getting ready to look for another venue, I decided to move back to Pittsburgh to be close to my parents. And the festival had taken off so big by then that I was like, well, I can successful from anywhere in the country so so that's where I'm at right now uh just doing the festival and doing my show whenever I get the opportunity I'm not yeah uh, I was going to ask you if you're still if you're still performing that's great to hear why well, I wish I'm not performing as much uh, yeah I'm not performing as much as I used to part of it is I'm kind of sick of the politically incorrect stuff <laughs> I'd love to hear audience. your thoughts on that yeah, the what, audience. What do you think? I mean, we got to take uh, Louis C.K. as an example. What are what are your thoughts about that sort of political correctness? Uh, you know what? I I don't really follow any other comics too much and stuff. And I know ah. uh, Louis Louis C.K. has had some issues and things like that. Uh, it's it's crazy. Some audiences. We we just did the Atlanta punchline. And you know how I am at the end of the show. I go up and <laughs> announce the winner. So before I do, oh, I, yeah. I like to have some fun. And we did six shows yeah. and they all went great. And there was just one show, one audience member who got offended. And I wasn't even talking to him. I was talking to somebody else who was not offended, who was having fun. And <laughs> it's like, 
to stop getting offended for other people. Let people can handle themselves. If I, if a comic says something to an audience member and they're offended, they'll let me know, yeah. or they'll let any yeah. comic know. No, yeah. you don't have to defend people for yeah. that. But people are strong. People are tough, and yeah. they'll let you know. It, it's just. Crazy it, is, it is difficult. It is making it difficult, and it plays mind games with you too. In yeah. writing material, I find. I had my show in Vegas. I controlled everything. So if there was an audience that was being an idiot or texting during the show and wouldn't stop, I could have them thrown out. I don't have yeah. all that control in clubs. So when I do go on the road, I I really want to have fun. I want to have a good time. I want the audience to leave oh, yeah. happy. I and. And I want them to, you know, leave feeling like they had a good time. And if the club's not going to do that, then I'm probably not going to work in the club. Some clubs want, you know, to sell drinks, and some clubs care about the audience. Yeah, yeah. The majority well, I, of the clubs I, I, that we deal with, uh, I mean, I would say all the clubs that we deal sure. with care about the show, and they know if they care about the show and do it the right way, the drinks and all the other stuff will come. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Joe, we're 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 starting to get to the point where we're keeping you a lot longer than than we asked. But we're having such a great time talking to you. Just a, a couple of questions to wrap up. And I want to just say this to you and and tie this together for what I'm talking about with this festival environment and the the satellites that you do and the environment that you nurture for younger or newer comics. Let's say. Um, as I said, I, I made your festival in 2015, and I was so proud of that. And I've been a an open micer, maybe a feature. I had done some triple runs, so I had a little bit of experience. Did that festival, and then I, you know, I went to your festivals. I think that year it might have been Jerry Corley teaching a seminar, and I know you've had Doby Maxwell, my mentor from Chicago, uh, teaching over the years too. And so it was always, how do you build up the nerve to go talk to a booker after that? Okay, so I come to Vegas next year with my buddies. We always go once a year. And I said, let's go to this comedy club that my, my acquaintance, Joe Lowers, runs. And I said, I'm going to tell him, hey, I was in the festival last year. I said, I'm here. I got like two tables of people that are going to sit here and drink all night. I said, could I do a guest set? Well, put yourself back in that frame of mind. And for our young comics listening, that's a that's a big step to go actually talk to a booker and say that. Well, I went up to you, and the, I, your club was small, but a very intimate, very lovely club. Uh, your wife, I think, was selling the tickets, as I recall, about your lovely wife that way. I said that to you, and you said, "You're welcome to do a, a, a guest set." So that's how good it can be when you just know somebody from mingling i'm sure when i said i had you know been in the world series comedy i've said that to other bookers and it and it, at least they keep listening to me mm-hmm. so it's a great way it's true it can happen uh i was i was hoping that time. this would i was hoping this story would end that way <laughs> that i had let yeah. you do a spot <laughs> oh I, all right yeah i was going to give you the will smith uh, slap yeah. that i've been waiting for all these years no you're yeah. too nice a guy joe and uh, but you care about your audience. That uh, that's what came across in your club. It was a wonderful club. I also had the privilege that of seeing you do your act, and it was really exciting. My my buddies loved you. They just loved you. You may have made a couple of comments about my weight, <laughs> but we'll let that go. 
it is it is a pleasure really a pleasure to talk to you anytime but to have you share about the world series so we'll just wrap it up there's plenty of satellites still to go for the year uh i always put it on my calendar right around before christmas cuz you'll kind of do like a you know uh a, a sale right like a you know early online, registration yeah online monday or whatever uh registration where you get to be in a participant in all these satellites plus the main event it's the best bargain in town especially if you know what other festivals charge so go to the world series of comedy.com all the answers are there we hope to run into you uh at the house of comedy in phoenix april 21 to 24 go shake hands with joe tell him you heard him on this podcast you never know he might put you up <laughs> no i can't put yeah i can't put you up at the satellite but cuz the those spots are taken but i definitely i definitely would love to meet everybody and say hello get in there uh you know this whole thing is worth it Joe if you just submit your video and ask for the comments whether you were judged in or out it's worth every penny let me tell you we are so happy to have you i hope you love the like the sign Joe she's great everything's great it's a pleasure to meet her she was the gatekeeper to meeting you that time i got on your stage yeah. so you got to get through both you got to get through both it is a pleasure Joe Lowers i will never get that wrong again I'm just, I just had a message for you. <laughs> you were, I, I would love no. to get in there. Thank it doesn't you matter. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, Dave Margolis here to talk to you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. First of all, it's free. And then there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Hey, my name is Stephanie Leonga. You're listening to Is This On on KMKR Radio.